Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So today we'll get a lot of answers about how the Obama administration in Obamagate, yes, I said it, Obamagate, targeted General Mike Flynn. It's going to be a huge day. But there may be a part of the story people are missing. Let me just start this in the form of a question today, the show. Was there a FISA on Mike Flynn, too, that the FBI is just desperately to hide? Oh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But you'll know by the end of the show. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joseph Armacost, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, golly. A FISA <laughs> on Flynn the whole time, huh? <laughs> yeah. Listen, if there was ever a moment for Gomer Pilot, golly, folks, she's been right in front of our faces the whole time. Yeah. I've been telling you, was Flynn unmasked or mm. was there a FISA? We'll know a lot of that today. Uh, let me get right yep. to it. My wife wanted me to throw in, uh, by the way, please go check out BonginoReport.com, mm -hmm. our new conservative news aggregator, which is an alternative to the Drudge Report. Check that All out right. today. All right. Today's show brought to you by friends at Rock Auto. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money. Save money. You can spend on other things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts? Go to Joe's favorite, who he's been using for a long time. Joe's very handy with his car. That's right. Go to Rock Auto. You, you don't need to overspend on these car parts. Go Or go to big chain stores. Go to rockauto.com. You probably, Rock Auto, you know the song. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers like Armacost does. He doesn't overspend on parts. He's been doing it forever. Yeah. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Is it for your classic, your daily driver? Just get everything you need. A few easy clicks, super easy site to navigate. They deliver directly to your door. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and very easy to navigate around. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for the pros and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Stop wasting your money. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, Write Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N on my last name, and how did you hear about us? So they know we sent you over. An amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will live in. Rock Auto, rockauto.com. I have to sing their theme song because it's always in my head. Rockauto.com, check them out. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go. Ding, ding. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I said I will answer this question during the show today because it matters. Was Mike Flynn unmasked or was he unmasked here but was there a FISA warrant there is the evidence been sitting in front of our eyes that General Mike Flynn a three-star decorated U.S. Patriot military officer was spied on the Obama administration the entire time and they've been hiding the how on how they did it oh he was just unmasked he talked to the Russians and you know we listened to the Russians and he just happened to fall into our net oh did he well before we get to that part let's start the beginning story too about how the Obama administration Used the media in this entire operation in Obamagate, used and abused these useful idiots in the media who played along the whole time. Believe me, they were loving every minute of it. These media hacks are in the tank for Stalinist type Pravda behavior now, all in the tank. Did Obama, question one for the show, use the media and did the media play right into the trap to do what? To set up members of the Trump orbit and take them down. Let me make the case for you here. I want to hat tip Molly Hemingway. I'll get to that article in a little while. But this is something we've been talking about before this article even came out. A little, uh, let's go down the uh, memory hole here and pull this one out of the well. You remember this Washington Post, January 23rd article? Remember the date? Look at the article. Again, the Obama administration and uh, now at January 3rd, now the Trump administration, but these Obama acolytes using the press to frame people and set them up. Look at the date on this. Washington Post by two Spygate, oh, my damn Bongino thing, by two Spygate media insiders, Ellen Nakashima and Greg Miller, who, whether they were useful idiots or active participants in this thing, are setting up Mike Flynn here. Read the headline of this article, ladies and gentlemen. What's the date? January 23rd, 2017. That'll matter in a minute. Washington Post. FBI reviewed Flynn's calls with the Russian ambassador but found nothing illicit. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Because the next day, January 24th, the FBI interviews 
Mike Flynn at the White House, where he's Trump's national security advisor, the next day about calls with the Russian ambassador, Kislyak, where they claim they found something illicit. So are you asking yourself now, don't cheat for those of the listeners who listened to the show last week, you already know this, but we need to backtrack a little bit to set up just how stupid or malicious the media were in this entire setup. Why do you think they would throw out an article the day before they interview Mike Flynn? They leaked this. It's clear the FBI leaked it to the Washington Post. The, the headline, it's in the headline. FBI found nothing. Listen, how would the Washington Post know that? Because somebody leaked it. But why would they leak to the Washington Post that we found nothing wrong with Flynn's phone call the day before? The answer is terribly obvious. They did it to put Flynn at ease. Mm -hmm. So when the FBI shows up the next day, Mike Flynn thinks he did nothing wrong, has no reason to lawyer up and no reason to be concerned about these FBI agents. Ladies and gentlemen, it's clear as day. Now, hat tip to 279, the best source on the planet for Spygate stuff. Sent me an email last week. I didn't have a time to get to it because we were loaded up last week, but I'm going to cover it today because Molly Hemingway's piece is about this too. It's up in the show notes and I'll get to that later about how the media were actively complicit in the framing of these people. That media outlet, the Washington Post was used as propaganda. The FBI did claim they found something illicit. That's why they're interviewing Flynn the next day. They're only using the Washington Post as a bat signal to put Flynn at ease. But 279 pointed me out to another piece that we discussed a long time ago. We're going to bring up again. This interesting tactic of using the media to put people in the Trump orbit at ease so when the FBI hits them or starts to spy on them, they're just openly talking. They have nothing to worry about. Does that make sense? I hope everybody gets what I'm saying here because it's important. Put everybody at ease, make them think they did nothing wrong so that they become Teddy Ruxpin-like chatterboxes, start talking, and then you nail them with the false 1001 lying to the FBI charge. Just a disgusting, filthy setup, but typical of the Obama-era FBI management, which was quite grotesque. Here's another piece where they did this same thing. Look at this piece in the New York Times. Again, check out the date. New York Times, October 31st of 2016. Remember, Obama's still in office right now. Investigating Donald Trump, the FBI sees no clear link to Russia. Eric Lichtblau and Stephen Lee Myers. Stephen Lee Myers. Stephen Lee. So just to be clear, just like in the Washington Post, where the FBI leaks to the Washington Post, we reviewed Flynn's call with the Russians. We didn't find anything wrong with it. Although the next day they go and interview him claiming they found something wrong with it. Put him at ease. Fascinating that on October 31st, someone leaks to the New York Times. Throw that up again. That, hey, don't you worry, daddy-o. Trump team, bat signal. Armacost, bat signal goes out. Uh-oh. Bat signal's out there. We don't see anything wrong. Investigating Donald Trump, FBI sees no clear link to Russia. Clearly an FBI leak, because how would the New York Times get it otherwise? Now. Knowing what you now know, because you're all exponentially more brilliant than the media lunatics that were useful idiots in this trap or active players. We don't know. They're either really stupid or really malicious co-conspirators. We don't know yet, but there's no option C, make no mistake. I say it with a smile. Why would they put that article out? October 31st. What happened 10 days before October 31st, 2016? So what happened on October 21st of August of, uh, of 2016? October 21st, 2016. Yes, that's right. It's the FISA warrant. It's the stamp date of the FISA warrant where the FBI begins to spy on the Trump campaign through their conduit, Carter Page, who was a former foreign policy advisor who is the subject of a FISA warrant stamped boom, October 21st, 2016. Some of you may be picking up what I'm putting down. Some of you may not. So don't worry, I'll pick it up and put it down again. So now October 21st, 2016, they are officially spying on Carter Page. They have a FISA warrant. It's been approved. They're listening to his phone calls. They're retroactively getting his emails with the Trump team. They're hoovering up all kinds of communications he may be having with people. They're watching his email transmissions, his texts. And what do you think happens 10 days later? <laughs> Nothing. What do you mean, Dan? 
Nothing happens. Carter Page isn't colluding with the Russians. Isn't this obvious? The answer is they nothing happens. They go back, they get his texts, his emails, his phone calls, retroactively and proactively forward, and they can't find a damn thing. They get a big zero donut. So someone in the FBI now gets the idea, hey, I've got an idea. Let's leak to the New York Times that don't worry, this Russia thing is over. We didn't find anything. You getting it? You mm-hmm. scooping it up now? So then Carter Page, Joe, are you tracking me? Yes, you, you picking this up? Oh, yeah. So now Carter Page, because they need him to get something and get up on the phone, get up on the blower and start talking. Remember, Carter Page doesn't know he's under surveillance. They're hoping he gets up on the phone with his Russians, his Russian friend. He doesn't have, by the way, his Russian contacts he doesn't have. They're hoping he gets up on the phone and goes, whew, man, read that article in the Times. Don't worry, Nikolai. Don't worry, Nikolai Volkov. We're all good. That's his Russian guy, Nikolai Volkov from the old WWE. That, <laughs> that's Carter Page's contact. He watched wrestling once. He saw Nikolai Volkov. He saw carrying in the Soviet Union's old flag. That's Carter Page. He doesn't have any real Russian contacts. So the FBI thinks, hey, if we leak this, maybe we'll get him up on the blower again. And of course, the media these total numbnuts, numbskulls, again, either too stupid to figure out they're being played by the FBI or too malicious to care where they're active co-conspirators in the plot. There's no option C. Plays right along and prints this article. Hey, we're not looking into the Trump team. Don't you worry. You know, it'd be real cool if you started talking about that too, Carter. <laughs> Genius. Good job, 279 or what a poll. We've used that article before, by the way. Not in this context, though. Hey, you see this other New York mag, New York magazine article too. You know, remember that all these are, oh man, the FBI didn't disclose the investigation into Trump before the election. Ah, there you go. November 1st, 2016. Of course they did. Here's another little, uh, the, this is the next day, by the way. Another one we see in New York magazine. Final October surprises are real. FBI is probing Trump's alleged Russia ties. I think what they're really kind of probing with their little prober stick, the FBI, is the media to see how dumb they are to print this, to get Carter Page, who they're listening to on the phone live. They have a Pfizer warrant to get him to talk to the Russian contacts he doesn't have. And they're freaking out. So they use the media in their typical useful idiot roles again. That's what Pravda does. They play right in. But it didn't end there, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the great Molly Hemingway in a piece she has in the friend list. This is up in the show notes. My show notes are, if you want to, it's our newsletter. It's the same thing again. Bongino.com slash newsletters, the website. Just subscribe. I'll send you these articles every day. You don't even have to do the homework. You need to read this gem by Molly because it walks through the media's role and their malfeasance in setting up the Trump team and making sure they were active participants. Molly Hemingway, the Federalist, Obama-Biden Oval Office meeting on January 5th was the key to the entire anti-Trump operation. She goes through these media steps in there, and she has some great links. Some of them I'll go through in addition to what I just talked about. Trying to set up Flynn through the media. Don't worry, Mike. We don't have anything on you. That way, when we interview the next day, you really your guard is real low. October 31st, we're not investigating the Trump thing anymore. We didn't find anything. Carter Page, you can tell your Russian contacts now. (laughs) There's more. So once they went after Flynn and Carter Page using their useful idiot media friends, who was next? Well, who had to go next, as Molly Hemingway indicates in that excellent piece, is Jeff Sessions, who was the attorney general at the time, who's probably looking at this stuff or someone's uh, feeding them some traffic going, hey, Jeff, we got a problem. It looks like the Trump team may have been spied on and the DOJ may have been involved. You know, he is the attorney general. Not a huge fan of what he did there, obviously, and I what I thought was his ridiculous recusal. I'll leave that for another day. But they had to get Jeff Sessions out of there, too. So what's the title of this segment? How the media played their role as useful idiots. Here comes a leak to the media again, and they dutifully fill in the blanks. Here's a Washington Post article to set up the whole Jeff Sessions takedown. Simply miraculous how stupid these people. Oh, it's the same people. Oh, my God, same people. It's just crazy. Greg Miller, Adam Entheos, and Ellen Nakashima. The same people. 
The same people with the other January 23rd leak. <sighs> Washington Post, National Security Advisor Flynn discuss. Oh no, this is the wrong. That's a discuss. That's the wrong article. That's I'm sorry. That's not the right article. I that is my fault. I totally went out of order. Don't cut that out of show because that's Paul. That's not Paula's fault. That's my fault. This is important. Sorry, rewind the tape. Do not cut this out because I Paula is gonna. And she'll be very offended. Because she did it right and I did it wrong. I want to get to this first. Here's how the story changes. The same people who wrote the article earlier and were involved in this whole Flynn did nothing wrong January 23rd piece. Look at this piece on February 8th. Now the story changes. This is before I get to Sessions. Very sorry. National Security Advisor Flynn discussed sanctions with Russian ambassador despite denials, officials say. Wait, what? Media stupidity located. Wait, January 23rd, Flynn did nothing wrong? You guys wrote that piece, the Washington Post. Now, February 9th, what's changed? February 9th, uh-oh, we got a problem. Flynn is contact with the Russians. This is a big deal. What's changed? What's changed is obvious. The interview with the FBI agents they needed Flynn at East for has already happened on January 24th. So on February 9th, don't worry, they can go right back to Flynn's a Russian agent. That up. Can you put that up again? Sorry, I'm doing the whole show. I don't want. This is what happens when you have 6,000 elements to a show. National Security Advisor Flynn discussed sanctions with Russian ambassador despite denials, officials say. I thought you just wrote two weeks earlier that there was nothing illicit about the calls. Now it's a big scandal again. It's the same people. It's the same people. Same people. Same people. You get it? Say nothing happened, put him at ease. Then after he talks, we'll go back and hit him again with the same thing we said there was nothing wrong with. But don't worry, the media is totally legit. Very sorry, screwed up the order. Now let's get back to Sessions. So after Flynn's taken care of and they impugn and destroy his character, they got to go back to Sessions. So here's the Washington Post again playing their role as useful. It is the same people. It's the same people again. Adam Antios, Ellen Nakashima, and Greg Miller, who can't seem to get their story straight. Don't take that down. Don't take that down. They can't get their story straight. Flynn sucks. Flynn's great. Flynn sucks. Flynn's great. Flynn's a traitor. Flynn's not a traitor. The FBI's investigating Flynn. They found nothing illicit. Flynn's a traitor. The FBI said he's not a traitor. They can't get their story straight. They're investigating Trump. Trump's great. Did nothing wrong. They can't get their story straight because the FBI is playing these idiots like a fiddle. Here's the Washington Post on Sessions. Once they're done with them. Sessions met with the Russian envoy twice last year. Encounters he later did not disclose. I was unaware that a sitting U.S. Senator, Jeff Sessions at the time, who was the senator from Alabama, I was unaware he had to disclose every single contact he had with Russians, even when they were incidental, considering no one else does. But the Washington Post doesn't care. You can scrap that. doesn't care about any of this. The Washington Post is an active participant in the operation to take down the Trump orbit. And now that they're done with Flynn, Flynn didn't do anything wrong. Flynn did everything wrong. Right after the FBI meeting, now they move on to Jeff Sessions where they have to take him out too. So they write a story about nonsensical, innocuous brush buys with Russians diplomats, which a U.S. senator would have often, and they write it as if Sessions colluding with the Russians to just unbelievable. So then they got to get rid of Sessions, who outrageously recuses himself, but I'll leave that for another day. And then they move on to the big fish. Talking about the media in conjunction with their FBI sources. Here's the New York Times. Now they move on to DJT. Donald J. Trump. They got to move on to him now, of course. So check out this story by the New York Times. Again, playing their role as the useful idiots they are. Comey memo says Trump asked him to end Flynn's investigation. Michael S. Schmidt. <sighs> Convenient leak. Jim Comey said it. The captain of credibility. <laughs> right, Joe? Jim Comey. Yeah. Joe, the super patriot, as Sean Hannity calls him. Captain credibility. Jim Comey, who almost nothing Jim Comey said about this case has ever turned out to be true. Comey <laughs> says he asked him to end the Flynn investigation, Trump. Which again sets up through the special counsel and others, this obstruction of justice narrative that the New York Times dutifully takes part in. He did not ask him 
to uh, end the Flynn investigation. He said, if you see, you know, he's talking about Flynn being a good guy. Can we see a way to make him this go away at some point? He didn't order him to end the Flynn investigation. He's the commander in chief. If he ordered him to end the Flynn investigation, he would have ended it. But the New York Times is not going to do any of that. All right. This show has just begun. Takes me a little while to get warmed up sometimes. Some of you have noticed that. Because once I get fired up, this is going to get better. All right. Today's show also brought to you by friends at Bambi. Listen, when running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regs, and HR manager salaries can get expensive. They are not cheap. They have an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager. You can craft HR policy and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. That's right. Didn't read that wrong. $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Strength are your people. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they'll customize your policies to fit your business and they'll help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month to month, there are no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. Listen, we all, come on. You didn't start your business because you want to spend time in HR compliance. You didn't. We all know that. You want to produce products people value. Let Bambi help you there. Get your free, that's right, free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Dan right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Dan. Spelled Bam to the B.com slash Dan. Go today. Make HR one of your biggest strengths today. Bambi.com slash Dan. Check it out. Okay. It's going to get better. So now the question comes up because we found out today that acting director of national intelligence, the great Rick Grinnell, who gives exactly zero, mm, you can fill in the blanks about what the media says about him, is declassifying and putting the truth out there for people to see about the whole Spygate trauma, and it's driving the media mad. But the Daily Wire is an interesting piece up in the show notes today. Um, who leaked Mike Flynn's name? Now, remember, I, I'm going to set this up first because the running story we've been told by the media, and I just laid out how the media has been complicit in this whole thing, but the story we've been told by the media and their deep state co-conspirators here is that Mike Flynn's call with the Russian ambassador Kislyak in December of 2016, after the election, but before Trump takes office, We know he's going to be the incoming national security advisor. We've been told that that call was tracked and listened to because Mike Flynn was unmasked as part of routine surveillance of Russians. We've been told that, but is that true? Daily Wire piece. U.S. officials have declassified the list of Obama officials who were involved in unmasking General Flynn by Ryan Savidra. Here's what's interesting. If Flynn's name was unmasked, meaning they were listening to the Russians, and they picked up some U.S. person talking to him about sanctions and stuff and all this other thing. And later on, they said, we need to know who that is. And they said, unmask him. And they said, well, look, it's Mike Flynn. What does that give them? It gives them kind of, as Joe started up the show today, a golly out. Mm. Oh, man, I don't know. We just listen to the Russians, which we do. We listen to the Russians all the time. Wiretap them, if, if, which is, it's not really a wiretap anymore, but you get it. That's yeah. what kind of a word people use. Right. We listen to Russians all the time. This gives him an out saying, oh, Mike Flynn just happened to appear on a call we were listening to in the Russians. We weren't targeting him. Were you really? From the Daily Wire piece. This would be interesting because you can't have it both ways now. Fox News reported in 2017 that the disclosing of Flynn's identity. In other words, they unmasked him and they said, oh, that's Mike Flynn they're talking to. Let's see his name. The leaking of that to the media is a felony punishable by up to, punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Because the rule states that if an American with constitutional protections is collaterally caught in such surveillance, his or her identity must be protected. Why do I put this first? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there is an interesting conundrum developing right now. For the leftists, their media hacks, and the police state supporters who love this whole Spygate thing, they think it's great that Obama targeted his political opponents and abused his power. Obama will go down as the most corrupt president in U.S. history. I have absolutely no doubt. I don't even care who writes the history anymore. There's no way to hide this. What's the conundrum? If Flynn was call, his call with the Russians was kind of caught up in a trap and no one was targeting Flynn. In other words, oh, they were just listening to the Russian ambassador as a matter of course. They heard this guy talking from the Dominican Republic who turned out to be Flynn. 
they unmasked his name later. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Mike Flynn. Well, his name was leaked to the media. The Washington Post wrote a story about it later on, David Ignatius, in the January, February timeframe where they start writing about this. And Flynn's name was leaked. That's a felony. Option one, he was unmasked and they leaked his name and some deep state slob committed a felony by leaking his name. But what about option two? Like, what is option two? You haven't discussed it yet. That's what I'm here for. What if Flynn wasn't unmasked? Something we've hinted at for a long time. Wasn't unmasked. Well, if he wasn't unmasked, then how would they have known it was Mike Flynn? All they would have had was a call with the Russian ambassador with some dude in the Dominican Republic. They would have never known his name, right? That's what unmasking is. You take the redaction off his name. Oh my gosh, that was Mike Flynn on the call. Well, we know they know it's Mike Flynn on the call because that's what the FBI shows up for the interview with a transcript of the call it, with Mike Flynn. They don't go, hey, Mike, some guy in the Dominican that sounds like you who's talking to the Russian ambassador in December. They walk with a transcript of the call because they know it's Flynn. So if he wasn't unmasked, what is option two? Was there a FISA on Mike Flynn? Oh, oh, was that? No, wait, shh, don't talk about that. Was there a FISA warrant on Mike Flynn? Was there a FISA warrant to spy on a three-star general of our U.S. and the former director of the DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency? Was there a FISA warrant on him too? And was that FISA warrant signed off on way before the October 2016? FISA warrant was signed off on a Carter page, which would throw the FBI's whole story in the garbage? You know what the FBI is doing. What story are you talking about, Dan? Oh, yeah, we only, the FBI's official story is we only opened up the case to spy on the Trump team July 31st of 2016 because we got a tip from Australia about this Trump kid, Papadopoulos, talking about Hillary's emails. That's their official story. It's all garbage. That story, don't even waste your time with that stupidity. But what if earlier in July, the FBI was either seeking or received a FISA warrant to spy on Mike Flynn? Gosh, that would be really bad, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Considering, number one, they had no reason to spy on a three-star general outside of politics because he was working with the Trump campaign at the time. And number two, it would make the Papadopoulos July 31st opening story kind of sound like BS, wouldn't it? Because it is. Well, Dan, what evidence do you have of that? Come on, guy. You got to produce. That's what I'm here for. You know, it's interesting. Around July 18th, and July 19th, there's a series of Peter Stroke, Lisa Page texts, July 18th or July 19th of 2016. Remember, they, they're saying the FBI, they didn't open up the case for another 11, 12 days until July 31st. Those July 18th and July 19th texts, before they open up, are heavily redacted. They take place right after an interview. Follow me. If this gets a little complicated, I'm sorry, but man, is this juicy. This juicy fruit. Used to love that gum. Lasted for five seconds, but it was the best five seconds your mouth has ever seen. Those July 18th, July 19th texts happen right after Mike Flynn is kind of ambush interviewed by Michael Isikoff, the same uh, fake news specialist who leaked the uh, Obama recording yesterday. Leaked it. Yeah, that guy. The guy who's been knee deep in the Russia hoax from day one. Isakov ambushes Flynn about foreign contacts in an interview right in that same time frame. The same time frame, Stroke and Page are texting each other. The redactions are heavy. Why would they be heavy? Are they talking about in those texts a FISA warrant on Flynn? And are they using this Isakov interview with Mike Flynn where he hits him on this phone? Are they using that as a basis? to buttress their claims that they need a FISA warrant on Mike Flynn? Because remember, a FISA warrant has two components. It's not the first one. The first one's easy to get. In order to get a FISA warrant to spy on an American, you need two things. Any American, Mike Flynn included. Number one, they are acting on behalf of a foreign power. You may say, gosh, that sounds like a crime in and of itself. You sure? Because lobbyists act on behalf of foreign governments all the time. Of course it's not a crime. You have to meet number two. 
And the second part is you have to act on behalf of a foreign power in violation of some U.S. law. That is the only way to get a FISA warrant on an American citizen. What U.S. law was Mike Flynn breaking? None. He was never charged with a violation of U.S. law other than the fake lying to the FBI charge, ever. Did they get a fake FISA in early July? Or a real FISA based on fake information, Precision Matters? Ooh, that would be really, really bad. Is this unmasking thing where he was unmasked and as Joe said to me, oh, golly, man, we just, he, Mike Flynn just fell into this surveillance trip with nothing to do with us. We were just listening to the Russians. Is that wrong? Was Mike Flynn actually the target the whole time? And the surveillance of the Russian ambassador was all secondary? Now, you may say this sounds all kind of anecdotal. Fair enough, but don't worry. I always bring more evidence to the table. Don't you worry. So let's look at this Washington Post article. This is a fascinating piece. This is from the same January 23rd article. Remember the January 20th, the day before they interview Flynn, January 24th of 2017, the FBI at the White House. They put out the article I discussed earlier in the show, the January 23rd article. Don't worry, Flynn. We found nothing wrong with your calls. You know, the media useful idiots. But in that article, hat tip Stephen McIntyre at Climate Audit on Twitter for the screenshots. They always make the highlights easier. Embedded in that article is something fascinating. Although Flynn's contacts from the Washington Post with the Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak were listened to, Flynn himself is not the active target of an investigation, officials said. Oh, <laughs> hey, Doge. Joe, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. He wasn't the target. Why would you say that? Yeah, right. And why would you say that to your useful media idiots like these Washington Post reporters who will dutifully print it? Well, you would say it because, again, you don't want anybody to look in that direction. That was Flynn actually Mm -hmm. a FISA target himself. And this, no, no, don't worry. He was not at those all into unmasking. We were listening to the the Russian, you know, we're listening (laughs) to the Soviets. Don't you worry about it. And Flynn just, he shouldn't have called him. He fell in this trap. We weren't looking at Flynn. Kind of interesting how they say that he wasn't the target of an investigation. And these media people doing no research at all just printed. Well, you may say, Dan, again, whatever you so you're saying he was a target, but the Washington Post said he wasn't, so it's got to be true. Joe, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, what me again? Joe, just a dumb audio engineer, me just some <laughs> dopey cop. What do we know? The Washington Post. <laughs> the Washington Post said he wasn't a target. Clearly, he wasn't, man. man. Well, of course, the Washington Post are morons. Here's the actual Mueller report from Hack Bob Mueller, who was forced to write this. Previously, the FBI had opened an investigation of Flynn based on his relationship with the Russian government. Uh, gee, I don't know who to believe. Uh, really, I'm not kidding. <laughs> who do you believe? Corrupt Bob Mueller or the corrupt Washington Post? Gee, I don't know. And it's what's interesting is that that. Uh, that footnote there is attributed to DOJ officials, you know, Mary McCord and that whole tr- crew. You know, McCord, who took over for Carlin, that whole DOJ crew in the National Security Division, where they had to admit Flynn was the target of an investigation. And we already know an investigation was opened up on Flynn August 16th of 2016. After Stefan Halper showed up five days earlier at FBI headquarters and had some information about Mike Flynn. Information that, of course, was fake. So now we know the media useful idiots were used repeatedly. Don't worry. Tell Flynn he wasn't an active target. Was he? Yeah, he was, but just lie for us. Don't worry. Tell Flynn he did nothing wrong. Is he? Well, we think he did. That's why we're going to interview him tomorrow. Well, why would we say he did nothing wrong? Because we want to put him at ease. We will find out today if there was a FISA or an application for a FISA on Mike Flynn. And was this unmasking real? Or is this a cover story too? We shall soon see. You're probably not going to want to miss tomorrow's show because it is going to be epic. Today's a two-pager. Could have been a three, the first three-pager ever. She knows me. She knows. She knows I'm going right to her third sponsor, which I love, Omaha Steaks. 
just knows me right now. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering their limited time stock up sale. It's available to our listeners to help your family stock up on the delicious food you love. You know what? I love this read, but I get super hungry reading it because their food is delicious. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, in the search bar. And unlock savings unique to my listeners. Get ready for these savings. They have a variety of Omaha states of ready-to-ship stock-up boxes available now. Just enter the code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, in the search bar. Save more than 50% on your order and get free shipping on orders of $69 or more. These packages are perfect for families. They're ready to head straight to your door. Free shipping. The stock-up boxes include... Now, listen, forgive me. My mouth's going to water and you're going to hear it. And I know it may be annoying, but I can't help it. I love Omaha steaks. What? We having them for dinner tonight? Oh, good. Burgers? Oh, nice. I love their burgers. World-famous Omaha steaks, naturally aged to tenderness and trimmed to perfection. Premium poultry and pork. Cut by Omaha steaks, butchers, sealed for perfection. Tasty and easy to make side dishes, artisan desserts, which my daughter goes crazy over, and much more. Omaha steaks delivers guaranteed quality and safety with every order. And if you're stocking up for the things you need, don't forget the foods you'll love. Type Bongino in the search bar and you can save more than 50% on your order and get free shipping on delicious Omaha Steaks orders of $69 or more. Omaha Steaks is also partnering with Feeding America to help families in need. They've donated 100,000 servings of premium proteins. And when you buy select combo packages, they'll donate more. Go to omahasteaks.com today. Type in Bongino in the search bar and support Feeding uh, Feeding America. Again, omahasteaks.com. The, the burgers, they're peerless steaks delicious everything's good i don't even know where to start the chicken fried steak you'll cry when you eat it it's so good <laughs> omahasteaks.com type in bungino in the search bar all right again i gotta keep track of where i am this is almost a three-page show today so i'm just gonna take a quick break from the flynn stuff i want to just talk to him because i teased this yesterday it's a very good clip i haven't been covering a lot of the wuhan virus stuff lately because we've had other breaking news and you can get that 24 hours on a lot of uh, you know news channels out there but Senator Tom Cotton, who has been all over China, he's a Republican from Arkansas. Senator Cotton had an appearance on Maria Bartiromo's excellent weekend show, Sunday Morning Futures on Fox. And I was watching it in my kitchen. We have a little like TV sitting there on the counter. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, again, like how many missteps are we going to catch the Chinese? The Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party has to be punished. There's no, the only question is how we're going to do it. That's the only question at this point. Now, as I've been writing about in my next book, we have a chapter on this too. My next book's going to be called Follow the Money, and it is good. We're almost done. Two more chapters to go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they cut off travel as the Wuhan virus was starting to rage in that Wuhan area. They cut off travel within China to prevent the virus from spreading within their own country. But they allowed travel from the Wuhan area around the world, effectively seeding the globe with this plague. I mean, this is, this is disgusting. This really happened. But Tom Cotton said this on Maria Bartiromo, and believe me, it caught my ear. Check this devastating soundbite out. Reports emerged yesterday in the media that publicly available cell phone data suggests that roads around the lab in Wuhan was closed in the middle of October. Again, this information is publicly available. Uh, American media has used it to analyze mobility patterns in states to see if our people are practicing social distancing. So the reports indicate uh, that on major roads around these labs in Wuhan, you obviously had thousands and thousands of cell phones pinging towers day in and day out. And then all of a sudden in October, it stopped and it remained stopped for several days. That would suggest without any further information that those roads were blocked for some reason. Now, we need to go confirm that. We need to look at the data carefully. We also need to try to use other means to verify if there were in fact shutdowns of roads around those labs in the middle of October. The Chinese Communist Party could obviously help us with that if they would open up and allow us to investigate what happened in Wuhan. But if it is confirmed that roads around that lab were shut down for a number of days in mid-October, it is highly coincidental that there was a major shutdown of those roads at about the time one might have expected this virus to first 
get transmitted to humans, whatever the origins may have been. But this would be another piece of, piece of circumstantial evidence that there was some kind of accident uh, or outbreak from those labs, not from the seafood market or anywhere else. That's why it's so important we get to the bottom of this data. What? In October. Now, again, what the Chinese communists did is not surprise. They're communists. That's what they do. They're tyrants. They're, they're socialist murderers. That's what communists are. They're mass killers on a scale humankind has never seen. That's what communists do. So saying that communists did something evil is like, really? I mean, it's like, you know, Bozo the Clown telling you a story. That's what clowns do. They tell you clown stories. That's what communists do. They kill people and they lie about it. What's interesting about that clip is the date. So the cell phone traffic around the Wuhan lab believed by many to have been a source for this. And we'll see where that data goes. A source for the origins of this virus. Traffic around that lab was shut down in October. And as late as January, the Chinese Communist Party is still lying through the World Health Organization and others about human-to-human transmission, not warning the rest of the world. Folks, this isn't a joke, okay? I know this show, again, we can be sarcastic and sometimes we use humor to take the edge off. But by the time this is over, if we don't get a vaccine soon, you could see millions of people who have died from this, been scarred from this, families who've lost loved ones. Because these bags, you can figure out the rest, couldn't have warned the world in October that there was an accident. It was an accident. If it was an accident, it was an accident. But that's not what communists do. They murder, they kill. They politically imprison people, they torture people, and then they lie about it later. That's what they do. I, I'm not kidding. I watched that clip and I emailed myself immediately. Make sure you run this on the show. October, October. If you're a listener who's lost someone, God forbid, or know someone who's lost someone who's been impacted by this yourself and are still recovering, this plague, they did this. This could have been an isolated health incident in one area of the world. Instead, it became one of the biggest healthcare, financial, economic catastrophes in the history of humankind because of these mutts in the Chinese Communist Party. Mutts. And, and, and the biggest, and make no mistake, the biggest victim of all this are the Chinese people who have the, 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 the boot of the Chinese Communist Party on their necks. Disgusting. All right, I want to get to some tech tyranny stuff. Facebook, Twitter, at it again, at it again. I've got one more spot. It's Tuesday. I always appreciate your patience. We have great companies that want to be here. And uh, I always appreciate the support of our sponsors. They keep the show free and they're really great. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Legacy Box. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let your memories disappear into that digital hole. Come on, you know what we do. We take a digital photo with our phones. We put it on our phone. We change phones. We lose it. All those memories are gone. Don't let that happen. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service to have all of your home movies and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. Do you have home projects that you've been putting off? What's on your list? You cleaning out the garage? You digitizing aging tapes and photos? Legacy Box can help you digitally declutter. It's the easiest way to check off this important chore because Legacy Box takes care of everything. We're doing it now. We're throwing our wedding photos in there, all of our digital photos from our kids growing up, videos, everything. We don't want to miss it. Don't lose these memories. Remember those family vacations? Don't lose them. Your kids, your grandkids will love to look at them. Joe, remember back in the day, slideshows? Oh, yeah. When I was yeah. a kid, you'd get together, you put the slides in, the family would watch? Yeah. Yeah, don't give that. That was fun. Legacy Box is a way for you to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past and those wonderful memories. The process from start to finish is really super easy. You just pack your stuff up and send it. Your team digitizes everything by hand and you just enjoy it. You get back perfectly preserved digital copies on thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud, ready to watch and share and enjoy. Plus, they keep you up to date with regular email updates throughout the digitizing process. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos and has helped over 750,000 families digitally preserve their wonderful memories in their past. Brighten your day. Brighten someone else's day. Legacy Box is currently offering an incredible 40% off. Buy today and take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send them in when you're ready to go. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Bongino. LegacyBox.com slash Bongino. LegacyBox.com slash Bongino. And save 40%. That's a lot while supplies last. Preserve those memories. Okay. 
What was that back there, by the way? Paula, like, oh, you you look like you did you something mess something up there? She's giving me the wave off. Like, don't talk about my mess ups. Why? Oh, I talk about mine. It's part of the show. It's a great part about this show. It's a professional operation, but I like you to get behind that, break down the fourth wall. I like you to live my life with me, right? It's a whole idea. You don't need to put on any of this phone policy. She doesn't like that. She's like, nobody sees me. She was like, oh, I saw, did I surprise <laughs> you with that read, didn't I? That was it. I could tell the way you jumped out of that chair. All right, getting back to this important news today. Breitbart has a great story. Tech tyranny's back, as always. You know, these tech tyrants, God forbid that whole free speech thing. They don't really like them. Here's an article from Breitbart up in the show notes. I really need you to read. Breitbart, tech investor Jeffrey Wernick blasts Facebook's oversight board as techno-fascism. <laughs> Facebook, unbelievable. They're at it again. So for those of you missing, but folks, by the way, and full disclosure, they are a sponsor of the show, Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. This is why you got to go to Parler and set up an account. They are a sponsor, but I was there way before they were a sponsor. It is your alternative to Twitter and these tech tyrants. It is. Get away from Facebook and Twitter. Go to Parler. Download the app. I'm on there. I'm at D. Bongino. I post every day there. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm done. We got to take a stand. Go to Parler. What is this oversight board? Sounds very Stalin-esque. Very <laughs> Stalin. Then oversight board. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook saluting their Stalin-esque past has a new oversight board. So let's go to this bright bar. What is this oversight board? What are they going to do? So Facebook's oversight board, also known as its Supreme Court, notice how they throw in like constitutional republic uh -huh. terms to make it sound like this is at all democratic <laughs> or representative of a democracy, right? It's expected to wield significant power over what can and cannot be said on the platform. But the 20-person group, which will operate semi-independently of Facebook, has already come under fire for being compromised largely of what? Wait, largely of who? Left-wing and anti-Trump figures. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I, I, Elizabeth, Joanna's Joe. Yeah. Elizabeth, where are you coming? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. My blood pressure's. I'm stunned. Joe, amazing. It's composed largely of anti-Trump and left-wing figures. Unbelievable. What are the chances of that, dude? <laughs> Come on. Unimaginable. Yeah. Never thought that would happen. <laughs> Never. Uh. Oh gosh. So who's on this board? <laughs> the oversight. <laughs> the Facebook Supreme Court. The oversight board. We really need that Russian national anthem. We can we find one that's not copyrighted? We desperately need that. We can't. Darn. Why not? Why are you giving me the we can't do that? Is can anyone is there a lawyer out there who can we need a copy of the Soviet national anthem that is not in fact copyrighted for the show? Wouldn't it be great? Now we can stick it in. Facebook's oversight board. You'd hear it right now. Joe, can you sing it and come on, man? Paula, we'll have to pay Joe extra. Can, can you do a recording for it? Just a couple. We don't need the whole thing. Like maybe 30 seconds. You can't sing it too good because if you sing it too good, we'll get we'll get our copyright. All right. So who's on this oversight board? Which <laughs> go back to this Breitbart piece. Who's on this oversight board? The board includes Stanford University law professor Pamela Carlin, who earlier this year joked about President Trump's then 13-year-old son, Barron, while she testified at the House impeachment hearings. House impeachment hearings. She was at the House impeachment hearings. This one sounds like a real gem. Another member is Australian law professor Nicholas Suzar, who once tweeted that he loved an article comparing President Trump to Adolf Hitler. Wow, this guy sounds totally unbiased. Uh, and by other members include a former aide to Senator Kamala Harris and three people who have documented ties to George Soros. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't even help it. I'm like crying here. I'm crying from because this is just so comical and it's hilarity how Facebook, yeah, this is your oversight board? What about picking 20 people outside of the political space who aren't political ideologues and activists who don't hate the president. What about doing something like picking five Democrats recommended by, or, or five Democrats recommended by the Democrats, five Republicans recommended by the Republicans, right? And then the other 10 are outside of the political space and they're people who have unanimous agreement by those five Democrats and five Republicans. What about something like that? No, you can't do that because then you'd have a genuinely independent board. More tech tyranny, it doesn't end there. Here's our friends over at Twitter. And by friends, I mean our not friends at Twitter. Here's a tweet by a a EP on the Twitter platform. Um, I say that ironically. At AP on Twitter, Twitter announced Monday it will warn users when a, t a tweet contains disputed or misleading information about the coronavirus. 
The new rule is the latest in a wave of stricter tech company policies to confront an outbreak of virus-related misinformation. I'm sure that information is going to be, of course, totally unbiased. If a Democrat promotes a conspiracy theory about the coronavirus, I'm sure it'll be given a pass. Again, just go to Parler. Get with, uh, stop the nonsense with these companies. I unfortunately have to be there. I'm stuck with them, and they're stuck with me. But I'm sure they'll ban me soon and ban all this. If we put this segment up on Facebook, Paula, you think they'd let it stand? I think they'd pull it right down, you think? Caleb, put that up on Facebook. Let's see what happens. They won't even allow you to talk back. I'm telling you, it's very Stalin-esque. Criticism will not be tolerated. The beatings will continue until morale improves. She's getting nervous. She never thought I'd get to all this content back there, Miss Paula, and I am rocking and rolling today. Yeah, I am. What are you talking about? I am rocking and rolling. We're doing good. All right, this is a great piece. I want to get back to just some of this Flynn stuff here uh, because it's important. So Mary McCord, who was a former Department of Justice official, the liberals were loving Mary McCord yesterday. She was in, uh, under the Obama administration. She worked in the Department of Justice in the National Security Division. There's something about Mary, and I'm not talking about the movie. There's no Ben Stiller in this one. You may remember the name Mary McCord. I'll get to Mary McCord's troubling little history with Spygate and that other stuff in just a second. But you may be asking, why are the liberals celebrating Mary McCord today? They're going crazy. Actually, yesterday, but it filtered into today. Because Mary McCord's testimony, remember the testimonies in front of the committees that were, uh, that were just declassified this past week? Well, Mary McCord, it was knee-deep in Spygate. Her testimony was... Uh, unredacted, declassified too. And some of it was cited in Bill Barr's, uh, the, the Department of Justice memo, it's actually Jensen's memo, but Bill Barr signed off on, where they dismissed the Flynn case. So just so we're clear, Mary McCord had testified in front of Congress a long time ago about Spygate. She's a Spygate insider, right? McCord's testimony was then used by the Department of Justice in a memo to the court saying, we're dropping the case against Flynn. McCord was furious. Why? Because McCord's a deep stater too. And McCord's like, hey man, what do you mean? You're using my testimony. Lefties are going to be mad at me. I've got to make a comeback now. So what does Mary McCord do? She writes this little gem in the New York Times op-ed section. You did, I'm telling you, if you haven't read this, this thing is just hilarious in its misdirection. Bill Barr twisted my words in dropping the Flynn case. Here's the truth by Mary B. McCord. So let's go into just quickly who Mary McCord is again. Remember, Mary, there's something about Mary. And it definitely isn't Ben Stiller. So what did Mary McCord do? Well, Mary McCord was the head of the National Security Division in the DOJ after John Carlin. You know the division that signs off on the Woods procedures? You know those procedures where they're supposed to verify information in the FISA court? The information the FBI didn't verify? Yeah, remember that? There's a Woods file. Verify this? Yes, verify this. Well, they have a Woods file for the dossier, and the dossier indicates none of it was verified. Well, who was running the National Security Division at the Department of Justice? One of the last people to sign off on that? It was John Carlin. John Carlin was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. What does it have to do with Mary McCord? Because Mary McCord replaced them when John Carlin left. Wonder what Carlin said to her. Hey, I gotta resign here. You know, we didn't uh we didn't really check that information in the dossier and I signed off on it. You're taking over, right? There's a lot of dirt here, Mary. Get what I'm saying? So Mary McCord takes over for John Carlin afterwards. Mary McCord conveniently was also with Sally Yates when she shows up at the White House, the Trump White House, grabs the Trump counsel, Don McGahn, his lawyer. And says, hey, we got a problem with Mike Flynn about this Logan Act thing. You know, this could be trouble. The Russians could blackmail him. Man, it was Mary McCord. She's knee deep in all of this. It's just incredible how Mary McCord constantly resurfaces. Well, who else was Mary McCord from the DOJ? Keep in mind, it's a government attorney. So clearly she's an unbiased actor. She's just in this for the good of the cause. Well, look at this Politico piece about Mary McCord, who now we know is in the National Security Division while the Spygate thing was going on. We know was involved in the setup of Mike Flynn. Meet the legal minds behind Trump's impeachment. Darren Samuelson, Politico. Meet the legal minds behind Trump's impeachment. 
What the hell is that? What does that have to do with Mary B. McCord? No way she was involved in Trump's impeachment, too. That can't possibly be. I don't know. Let's go to the political piece. Here's a quote from the piece. I think people do see that this is a critical time in our history, said Mary McCord, a former DOJ official who helped oversee the FBI's probe into Russian interference in the 2016 election and is now listed as, wait, what does that say? A top outside counsel for, yes, Adam Schiff's House Committee in key legal fights tied to impeachment? McCord said, we see the breakdown of the whole rule of law. We see the breakdown in adherence to the Constitution and also constitutional values. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Are you serious, Mary B. McCord? Are you? uh, Oh, my. uh, 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 Is there peyote around? What have you been doing? Are you nuts? The breaking down of institutions. Wait, you mean like impeaching a president for a perfectly legal and legitimate phone call? which at best was probing corruption about a prior administration? You mean the spying on of a presidential campaign based on a dossier your division in the National Security Division never verified and signed off on? You mean that breakdown? So McCord's involved in Spygate, McCord's involved in Flyngate, and McCord's involved in fake impeachment gate. So she writes this ridiculous, outrageous piece in the New York Times because why? She's upset Bill Barr used her testimony in Jensen to dismiss the Flynn case because now she's not a hero to the left anymore. I thought she was a non-biased government lawyer. Come on, guy. You actually believe that? Give me a break. Sell you a bridge over there in Palm City if you believe that nonsense. There is a fantastic rebuttal to McCord's ridiculous piece in Red State. Please read this in the show notes. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. This piece is worth your time. It's long. But it goes through shred by shred and annihilates Mary McCord's ridiculous stupidity. Mary McCord and the Federal Bureau of Purposes, New York Times op-ed or The Onion by Shipwreck. I don't know who that is. I don't know the person. All I can tell you is this person knows their stuff. I'm not going to go through every single rebuttal of of, uh, McCord's op-ed. I just want to go through a couple gems he picks apart and how Mary McCord, again, Flynn Gator, Spy Gator, and Fake Impeachment Gator. She's now trying to misdirect you. Let's go to screenshot number one from the Red State piece. Here's what McCord says in her New York Times interview. She says, hey, the report of my interview, again, it was years ago, but we just found out about it, is no support for Mr. Barr's dismissal of the Flynn case. Flynn case. It does not suggest that the FBI had no counterintelligence reason for investigating Mike Flynn. She is correct, the red state author writes, because she is correct. The The DOJ motion states that the FBI, not McCord, said in their own writing on January 4th of 2017 that it had no counterintelligence reason for continuing its investigation of General Flynn. So her point that she never said that is accurate, but totally irrelevant. See what McCord does? McCord tries to say, oh, you can't use my stuff to dismiss the case because I never said there was no counterintelligence reason. That's not what Barr said. Barr cites the FBI's own January 4, 2017 closing memo where the FBI says they have no more reason to interview Flynn. You see what McCord does there? She tries to do misdirect you saying, oh, no, no, I didn't say that. Therefore, Barr was wrong. Barr didn't say that either. The FBI said there was no reason to investigate Flynn. You got to pick up on this stuff or you fall into the leftist media trap where they really want to dumb you down. Bozo the clown in the media. Bozo's everywhere. Here's another screenshot from the red red shot, red state piece about McCord. I know I'm I'm like tripping. So this piece, I want to get to this first, but there's just so much. The show's too loaded today. Back to her op-ed talking about McCord. This is what McCord wrote. The Department of Justice concocts its materiality theory by arguing that the FBI should not have been investigating Mr. Flynn at the time they interviewed him. Incorrect, the red state author says. The DOJ's position is clearly articulated. The FBI's own internal documents state that the FBI should not have been investigating Flynn at the time of the interview. Here's the money quote, ladies and gentlemen. This is from the FBI's own team investigating Flynn. 
quote, no further investigative efforts are warranted. That was written before the Flynn interview. In a courtroom, ladies and gentlemen, this would be called an admission of guilt. I keep hearing conservative, uh, you know, excuse me, liberal talking heads on conservative networks and elsewhere. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Constantly saying, oh, well, you know, Mike Flynn, the call with the Russians and there was evidence and that's why they needed to go interview him. That's not what the FBI said. The FBI themselves tried to close the case and say there's no additional steps warranted. It's Jim Comey and the FBI hacks that got involved. So McCord is trying... This is a little complicated, but understand what she's doing because leftist idiots in the New York Times will scoop it right up. She's saying, well, I never said there was no valid counterintelligence reason. Nobody cares what you said. That's not why they dropped the case. The FBI who interviewed him said it. You see the misdirection? Because this is what leftists do. No way. <laughs> this is great. Right. All right, quick Media Magnus segment here, because I was going to get to this yesterday. I'm just wondering, hat tip Liz Harrington at the RNC, when we're going to get media apologies again, because we've been hitting the media all day. They have been useful idiots the whole time. Here, we're just going to run through these quick. Here are the, hat, by the way, these articles have not been retracted as far as I know. Media Madness segment. Here, the active role. Here's the New York Times. Has this article been retracted yet by Linda QIU? I don't want to say your name wrong. Trump, again, falsely claims Russia investigation started with Steele dossier. <laughs> That's a fact check section. Falsely claims we now know it's true. Has that been retracted yet? Just checking. Let's go to Vox with a V, not Fox. Vox with a V. Fox News has normalized a lie about the origins of the Russia investigation. They want you to believe it began with the Steele dossier. It didn't. By the absolutely hapless Aaron Rupar, one of the dumbest guys in me. He's always top five. This guy has been wrong on everything. He, of course, he didn't retract that, even though he knows he's lying. This is hilarious. This is from factcheck.org. The dossier is not what started all this. We now know the dossiers. We, all the transcripts have been declassified. Factcheck.org. Here's PolitiFact. PolitiFact. They're rating this claim as false. Trump says the Steele dossier was responsible for starting. Uh, the, the special counsel, Robert Mueller's investigation to the links between the Trump campaign and Russia. We know all, all of this is now, we know it's absolutely categorically false and they just keep running with their, including the fact checkers. Now, Lawfare blog, which is another kind of deep state conspiracy blog, which somehow is taken seriously by the leftists, they were all over this too. Look at this article. I think this is Aaron Mate from where I got these screenshots. Lawfare blog. The time I got recruited to collude with the Russians by Matt Tate. Oh my gosh, he writes this article that a few weeks later, right around the time of the DNC, he says he was solicited by the Russians to collude. Matt Tate, that's what he said. Written in Lawfare blog, conspiracy theory hoaxers. More, not so much a media blog, but believe me, they've been knee deep in this too. So now we know some guy, Matt Tate, in Lawfare Blog, right around the time of the DNC WikiLeaks thing, he says he was solicited by the Russians. Really? Because now we have Tate's actual testimony that came out too. And he says, you know, so in the article, I mentioned that this happened about the time of the DNC, you know, the WikiLeaks thing. And he says that I had been contacted by Peter Smith at the time of the DNC. But going back through my emails, it's clear that that happened a couple weeks after the DNC. Oh, law, lawfare. Where's that art? Lawfare. Did you correct that yet? So DNC, WikiLeaks, Russians did it. This guy Tate shows up. Oh my gosh, I was solicited by the Russians. Now he says, oh no, no, that was uh, after. I just kind of remembered that when I had a swear under oath. Oh, it gets better with this guy Tate again. So now they say, well, you were solicited by the Russians. They ask him, so you never had any evidence, though, that the Russians were, in fact, behind the proffer of emails from this guy Smith from the dark web? Is that correct? So this guy Tate says, so at the time, it felt to me like it was plausible that this was the Russian government were in contact with him, although I don't have any evidence. I didn't have any evidence at the time. It's so easy. It's so, None of these people had anything ever, ever. They're just making it up. Lawfare, Vox with a V. New York Times, Washington Post, fact check, politifact. 
Haberman, Bertrand, Delanian, Entios, Nakashima, Miller, Goldman, all of these idiots. Oh, I win today. We are doing this final story. The longest show we've ever done because I'm getting through. There's actually, but I'm going to leave the, but I do want to play one waste way to end this. So Joe Biden, remember, Joe Biden, he's a believe all women guy, right? Which we've always said, you don't believe all women or men when they, not in a constitutional republic. You believe evidence. Every woman and man alleging a crime absolutely in a constitutional republic has a right to be heard. No one has the right to be believed. Evidence has the right to be believed. We've said that from the start. Joe Biden said, no, no, you believe all women right away, except for the woman, Tara Reid, who accused him. So this this uh, video clip here of Biden is pretty amazing in an interview with George Stephanopoulos that happened earlier. Biden says in the same quote, believe all women, but just not her. Check this out. Look, here, look, I think women should be believed they should have an opportunity to have their case and state it just forthrightly what their case is. Then it's the responsibility of responsible journalists like you and everyone else to go out and investigate those. The end of the day, the truth is the truth. That's what should prevail. And the truth is this never happened. This never happened. I assure you, that's the truth. So believe her, but just. Don't believe her because it never happened. Believe her, but, but, but not this one. I, I don't, of course you don't get it because Joe Biden's a hypocritical fraud who only believed in believe all women when those women could attack Republicans. A total fake, phony, and a fraud. All right, that was a loaded show today. That's a lot of information, but please take away from this. The media was involved in this the whole time, number one. And question number two, I want you to think about it after watching the show. Maybe watch this one twice today. Was Flynn the subject of a Pfizer warrant? And is this unmasking thing a farce? We'll find out. Don't miss tomorrow's show. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. Trying to get to 500,000 subscribers. Uh, almost there. We put on a lot of subscribers. and It's all free in the last few weeks. So I really appreciate it. YouTube.com slash Bongino. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.